0: Okay. Hi everyone. My name is Jacob Merrill and uh, welcome to the Cross Flags uh Claw or yeah. the Crossed Flags Podcast. You can tell it's already gonna be scuffed from the start. All right, um this podcast is gonna be covering kind of the world of racing, everything from uh NASCAR to IndyCar, IMSA, WEC, uh Formula One, World of Outlaws, uh, anything I can really get my hands on. Um so, how this is going to start out is there's not much going on in the world of racing right now outside of the 24 Hours of Daytona and then leading into uh, like the Daytona 500 for NASCAR. So, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to focus on uh, the qualifying for the 24 Hours of Daytona. I'm going to do a few questions about NASCAR at the end, uh, kind of get a uh, general idea of kind of like what I'm, I'm, what questions I'm looking to be answered in the 2023 season. And then from there, we're going to um, – this is going to be kind of a weekly thing every Sunday night. I'm going to put this podcast out probably at the end of a NASCAR race or at the end of IndyCar, whichever is kind of later. Um, So what we're going to do next week is I'm going to have probably uh, a couple of podcasts out during the 24. uh, And then I will have kind of a 24-hour recap um, Sunday night. Then – The week after that is the $12 Bathurst. I'll probably do one during that and then one afterwards. And then, um, the week after that, obviously, um, or the week after that isn't anything if I remember correctly. And then we've got the, uh, then we got the Daytona 500 the week after that. So that's tentatively the plan for right now going forward, um, everything should be good but um that's going to be the plan going forward for right now so uh let's talk about qualifying for the uh the 24 hours of the the Rolex 24 um we had a I didn't really get to see it I was I was wanting to I slept in a little bit late um but the thing is um I turned I turned in right as the um, the red flag was going on at the end of qualifying for the the prototypes, and uh, that, that the end of that was great. Um, everybody kind of had this like one lap blitz to try to get on pole, and uh, your winner was uh, the sixty Acura. Um, oh man, I'm blanking on who was driving it. It'll come back to me, but um, they had a one forty three oh eight. The entire field of the GDP uh, was within a um, eight tenths of a second. The entire field so nine cars all within uh, you know less than a second and that's a big thing in prototypes um especially with how many different prototypes there are and uh all these guys you know being in there and especially with just having the one lap blitz at the end uh nobody really having a chance to like set up a second lap or whatever so that was really cool um i mentioned the crash that was nick tandy Uh he's gonna be starting ninth because his time was disallowed. But he did have a time of uh one thirty four uh four fifty three, which would put him in sixth place in the field. Um I don't really think we're learning too much about like how the race is gonna go. Obviously it's a twenty four hour race. They were talking about, you know, a one lap, hot lap. So It's really hard to, you know, extrapolate any information from that. Um, Acura took the top two spots in GDP, uh, GDP. Um, but from kind of what I heard on the broadcast, that was kind of their plan. They were going for the hot laps. Now, I think if I remember correctly, it was like 2018, 2019 or something like that. Um, Mazda, when they set the record at at, um, Daytona, they all, I think they blew up within the first four hours. So... I would kind of take Acura leading that with a grain of salt. Um, you're gonna have to. Uh, I do think though, as always, um, the Wayne Taylor Racing car is gonna be in contention for the win. Um, but I, and I do think the Accuras are. But uh, you know, Pinsky is with Porsche now, and that's a big that's a big thing. So you got to watch out for those guys. Um, you know. It's going to be interesting, especially with just their brand new cars. I really can't tell you too much. I don't know anything right now. There's nothing to find really information about because there's just no information. But um, so then we go down to LMP2. We had the 52 car of uh, Ben Keating with a 140.5, which is interesting to me because that, that pull time is still, that is, Five-plus seconds off the tail end of the GDP field. So GDP is going to be, like, far out in front very early. They're not, you know, there's not going to be any contest. There's not going to be any fight with the LMP2 cars. It's just going to be they're going to be gone. And then you've got, um, you know, you got seven in that class. Uh, I I didn't really mention it, but there's nine. There is nine uh, GTP cars, which is a good thing. Um, the more the merrier obviously especially in that class but there's seven in lmp2 then you've got lmp3 with a uh with nicopino at a 143.2 um that i i I found that kind of interesting because it's like you know three seconds isn't really a lot uh when it comes to endurance racing um especially as you know you're you're talking about uh and stuff like that if a you know uh, an LMP3 at the beginning of its stint kind of finds an LMP2 at the end of its stint you know it's like so that that could be kind of interesting to see um but there were only two, there were two manufacturers in LMP3 and I found this interesting Um uh, Ligier and do 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 some name I can't pronounce um Ducatine uh but I found it interesting that uh Ligier h- held the first five spots um it was very kind of clear demarcation. You know, the Lichier was a faster chassis. So, it could be interesting to see going down the line if that, that really means anything. If uh, that means that, you know, Lichier is going to win every race and they're going to lead it. And they're going to, you know, it's, it's going to be this kind of clear difference in like a class system. But uh, I don't know. Again, it's just qualifying for the 24. A lot of stuff can happen in 24 hours. I know for a fact that probably, you know, we've got, I think it's 60-some cars entering this field. I guarantee you 60-plus don't finish this race. So, um, you're talking, you know, I, I would put money on somewhere between probably 40 and 45 finishing the race. Um, especially now with, like, GDP not being, um, to do words. Uh, with with GDP being new, um, there could be some teething problems with that. Then you have GTD Pro, Words. hard. Um, Marco Engel in the seventy nine Mercedes, um, top side class, at a one forty six seven. Um, and I found I found this kind of interesting that uh, so the the two behind him were. Uh, the 23 Bastard Martin Racing with a 146.8. The 14 Lexus with a 146.9. Then there was a pretty big gap back to the number three Corvette with a 148.1. I didn't really see qualifying. I don't know if there was some incident or there was some reason that there's a big gap between these three. Or between um, these four. But I find that kind of interesting. You know, if they're... If you're talking that this is a those three cars are truly a second up on the field, that is big. However, that could also be that, you know, the guys in the back were looking to you know, okay, save our stuff, we're not going to worry about it too much. It's qualifying for a 24-hour race. Let's just get through this and we'll we'll make it there. Um another thing I found interesting going back, the, the regular GTD field Philip Ellis put a poll time of 146.1. Uh, it's actually a .09. But I found that interesting because if you go back to the GDT Pro, which is supposed to be the top class, their poll time was a 146.7. That would put them, I believe, yeah, that would put them fourth in class in GDT or GTD. Man, that's going to be a hard thing to say for this year. But, um, I think that's kind of big, you know, if, if that means that there's a lot of investment in the GT, GTD field, uh, that could be interesting because there's 24 cars in that class. Um, so if you're talking, there's better drivers in that GTD field. Okay. What does that look like when we come to, you know, when we start getting to like, uh, other races, um, are we talking about fights between GDD and GDD pro cars for, uh, points and for overall positions? Um, that, that'll be fun. Um, but you know, um, all the, so for the GTD field entirely, the top four mercs, so you have the top three in the GTD field, you have the GTD pro pull, that is going to be confusing probably up until the race um but I mean does Mercedes just have something on the field this year I'm not entirely sure yet again we haven't seen the race it'll be interesting when the race comes around to see if these questions kind of get answered for um, the 24 hours a day toner now like kind of with the qualifying bit over um what am I looking for in the 24 I think I'm kind of looking for what everybody else is right now in what what is the gd uh what is the uh gtp class look like um how much you know w- with the whole field right now on hot laps being within a second how much of a big race are we seeing you know are and how many how many we're going to make to the end because we don't know yet um and that's a cust- that's a so the gtp field um their hybrid and gearbox is supplied to them that's not manufactured that is supplied to them so really um if there's any problems with that we won't know right now we'll find out in the 24 and everybody else will find out in the 24 i'm sure that there's been some testing on it but um you know I think everybody knows that you can test as much as you want, but then you put it in a real race condition. And it's a completely different situation. So that'll be interesting to see. I really want to see how well that goes. Um, I do think that stuff like this is the future. I can't wait to where we're seeing like full electric cars do 24-hour races and compete in 24-hour races. I mean like actually be competitive. I can't wait to see that because you know that at some point that's going to be the future so we've got to get ahead of it as a racing community we have to get ahead of the electric car craze um before it kind of leaves us behind but i do think that um that's going to be kind of interesting to see um kind of my other thing is just you know the gtd GTD pro uh category how does that work out um and lmp3 is a new class to the 24 so um you know, I, I don't think a lot of people have seen those cars go around daytona for that length of time so at the end of the day how does that look how does that come out you know and, and the thing too is it's not like in previous years uh where there were three cars in some class at the 24. every one of these is going to be a semi-competitive at least field um as far as you're gonna you're gonna have enough cars in that field to make it decent uh it's not going to be like there's just going to be like one you know one or two cars and i feel i think at the end of gte it was like three cars you know when uh lmp2 came out it was like three so it'll be interesting to see like you know it'll be interesting to see this race i really i am really looking forward to this daytona 24 i'm really looking forward to it um Partly because, like, I think that this is the first time in a long time that you're going to see some of the same stuff at, you know, Daytona that you're going to see at Le Mans. And uh, we're all kind of, like, looking forward to that, I think, too. So, kind of with that out of the way, uh, that's kind of my 24-hour stuff for right now. Uh, let's start looking at, um, I think, one of the, the more exciting series uh, out there right now, NASCAR um now to be kind of frank i think that nascar um the end of the year didn't go very well for them um they had a lot of safety issues come up it they were they were winning so much in the beginning of the year everything was exciting Uh, i think the first 10 races were very exciting in nascar and then towards the end of the year it just kind of took a nosedive um you know, and, and we had some incidents, and we had some guys miss time, which is always bad. But um, I've kind of got some questions going in. But let's let's start talking about the Daytona 500, because it's the first race, the biggest race. And uh, it's the race, I think, that everybody wants to win, obviously. But I do think it's something that we can kind of, um, that, you know, it, it's a lot like, to me, it's a lot like it's 24 hours to Daytona for uh um, Enza, you're not going to learn too much right away. You're not going to learn too much exactly from that race as how the season is going to go on. But, uh so right now, per J-Ski, there are 41 cars that are uh, confirmed entries for um, the 24, uh, the, excuse me, the Daytona 500 with, uh, up to 44 possible entries. So, that means that uh, again, I think, you know, new fans or anybody um there are 40 spots that they're going to start the Daytona 500. So, at some right now somebody's going to get bumped. Somebody's not going to make the race. So, we have Front Row Motorsports is entering a third car. We've got uh, formerly Petty's GMS, uh, now Legacy Motor Group. Uh, they're entering Jimmy Johnson in the race. And I think the other one was uh, 2311 with Travis Pastrana. I think those three are probably your best bets. Uh, and then you've got um, the 62 of Beard, uh, of Beard Motorsports being entered with. Um, who do they got? Driving. I can actually look this up really quick. Oh, uh, they have Austin Hill. I. I truly think that um, if you're looking for who's your best possible bump at this moment, I do think it's at 62 of uh, Austin Hill. Just because uh, I, 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 Jimmy Johnson is going to make the race. Um, dude's 1 of 500. As long as he doesn't crash in the duels, I think he's in. Pastrana... That twenty three eleven car is fast. Toyotas are fast on the super speedways; they've been fast for years. They're gonna—he's probably gonna make the race as long as he doesn't do anything and crash. Uh, and then you've got Zane Smith with a formerly uh, five hundred winning team, of Front Row Motorsports. I think they'll probably make the race as well. So you're looking at okay, well, somebody's got to go, and I, I do think of, you know beard motorsports they only really do the super speedways so i i I think right now they're the ones that i'm looking at as yeah they're probably the bump car but um it's gonna again it's gonna be interesting uh will you know because you you have storylines now um does jimmy johnson make the race does travis pastrana make the race um Again, I, I would put money on both of those guys making it. But, who knows? Uh, the duels are always going to be kind of a crapshoot, shoot. So, you know, so that's what we are got going into Daytona. Again, we're not going to know too much about the 500. Uh, how that's going to shake out until probably uh, race week. Um, when qualifying starts. Because, honestly, another thing I found surprising when I was looking it up. There's no practice before qualifying for the 500. So, you're going to... When you hit the pavement to qualify, it's gonna be the first laps you turn. That's gonna be a little interesting, um, but we'll see. Uh, Everybody's gonna have a fair shot at it. Um, As far as these guys, that's the thing too about like these the the five cars that are confirmed right now. Those five are like legit cars. I could see a case for like every one of them not making the five hundred. I could see a case for probably every one of them winning the five hundred. That's that's a big thing, you know. And it's very cool for uh, NASCAR to be at this level again, where you're talking about good cars are going to go home for the 500, which is which is interesting. But um, when we get into 2023, I think there are some questions that we do have that uh, we're going to be looking for answers for, and here are kind of like my top 10. And I think the first one is pretty obvious: the safety of the next gen. Um, we had Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch missed time uh, last year. Um, pretty much everybody said that every crash that they had hurt. Um, I don't know how much they can fix that without completely restarting the car. Um, I'm not saying that this is something where NASCAR shouldn't be looking to fix it. Obviously, they should be but it's one of those things of you know how much how much can you do this and not affect the racing, how much can you do this and not completely redesign the car? Um, where you know you got to kind of look at it. but uh, I think I think that as far as safety goes, I think that is one thing that NASCAR does get very well. Uh, I'll admit, you know that these were kind of concerns that were coming up during the testing of the Um, next gen car and they did have an extra year and I was kind of wanting to criticize these guys as far as I didn't think that they had a full grasp of the car when they should have but right now this is kind of what we have so we need to deal with it so with that being said um, I I think number two is uh, another interesting question Um, Ross Tastain Can he maintain the form that he had last year? Or was it just something that was uh, a full flash in the pan? You know, I kind of think that it looks not necessarily like suspicious or anything like that, but it kind of looks okay, maybe how much can they really sustain this when, you know, it took that Bonsai move to make the Final Four. But at the same time, you know, he goes to Phoenix and and he. finish his second in the championship that's this is nothing on him as a driver i i, I you know and because that was kind of what i was thinking is like both cars won last year for um track house can they do that again can they win consistently can they make playoffs with both cars can they make deep playoff runs with at least one um you know, this stuff has got to, you know, it, it, kind of moving forward, we don't know. Because, again, like last year was the first year for the car. We don't know how much of this slump stuff is going to be people not having a full grasp on it. Or just kind of like that, The you know, anytime you introduce something new at this level, you know, everything's going to kind of close up again. But, you know, it's going to be kind of hard for me to think that, Ross will really keep up that momentum, um, you know. There were a lot of guys that had a down year last year, eh, you know. But at the same time, like if he stays that aggressive and he's they're that they're still that good, I really think that he has a good shot of doing something like he did last year. Not necessarily exactly what he did last year. All right, uh, number three, uh, Kyle Busch bounce back. So, um. Does Kyle Busch bounce back this year? Because, you know, the last three years, when you kind of look at it, he had, so going back to 2019, let's go back to 2019, his last really good year. He had five wins, 17 top fives, 27 top tens. Very good. Uh, Obviously, he won the championship uh, that year. But since then, he's had one win in 2020 two wins in 2022, one win in 2020. or One win in 2020. One two wins in 2021, one win in 2022. And his average finish has gone from um you know, a pretty good uh in 2020 of 9.9, but you know, 2020 was a very weird year. Uh to 10.4 last year. And then, or um, in 2021, 14.1 last year. Or no, 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 no that's a separate start. Excuse me, I, I I'm reading the reference page wrong. It was 13.8 in 2020, 12.8 in 2021, 16.7 last year. That's for Kyle Busch. That is abysmal. I think in 2020, uh, to me, like the biggest moment of like, okay, there is a, there is a clear divide between driver and team was the, um, road course race at Daytona when he had the brake problem. Uh, because I, I, I'd really never seen brakes that bad go that bad on a car and it started like, okay. I know how JGR does things. I know how these big teams do things. Why is Kyle Busch, who's obviously one of the better drivers in the field, not getting top tier equipment? You know, and it made you start to wonder. And then, you know, 2021 was kind of the same way. And then last year, just the, the wheels came off. Just absolutely came off that car. And I think that 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 divide last year was so massive that I, I think that, you know, that's the worst. I think that that's the worst I've ever seen a driver and team relationship go while still having a relationship at all. Um, and now now he's in the RCR car, uh, number eight, which is kind of interesting. Uh, that... You know, kind of in a roundabout way, Junior took his ride at Hendrick, and now he's in basically Junior's ride at, at uh, RCR. But, um, you know, can he bounce back? I mean, is it that he would like he was getting bad equipment at JGR, or was it just like he just doesn't have it anymore, not at that level? And 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 the same thing too of like RCR is not JGR; they're just not at the same level. Um, they're not competing for wins in the same way that JGR is. So, you know, how is it, how is that going to work out for him? You know, and also the switch from Toyota to Chevy. Uh, how is he going to work with the Chevy guys? Um, you know, especially Hendrick, who's probably going to get preference treatment from Chevy like they always do. Um, what's that going to look like? Uh, you know, especially with kind of the terms that he's left Hendrick and Chevy at. Um, you know, I, I think that'll be kind of interesting to see. And then uh, we've got Ryan Blaney. I I think, like, Ryan Blaney is a big question mark to me right now. um. Because, man, he was great last year. You know, he finished, what was it? fourth and average finish um but he had no wins um you know he only won the all-star race of which was a catastrophe um but you know he he was really consistent but he missed the final four um i do think that you know can he make the run at the championship this year can he really make a run can he put together you know can he say okay I've, I've had good finishes now can i make wins and i i really think that that's the question you know just of the the change in rival and can he can he kind of like make that next step to being from being a really good race car driver to being a championship contender you know um but honestly i do think he'll do that i i think he's i think right now if i were to like say who's my championship favorite. I'd probably say uh, either him or like Chase Elliott. So that's what we get got for that. And then um, I'm kind of going to go a little deeper for this next question. Um, so we're seeing right now that the uh, that three of the top five that finished in Xfinity points last year um they're not gonna be in Xfinity anymore. They're going to Cup. Uh Almendinger, Gibbs, Gragson, all going to Cup. Kind of where does that leave the Xfinity series? Who steps up? You know, do we see it just like JGR J JGR JRM just dominate it? Uh who steps up from the other places? Uh, and then kind of like, where does that leave like the next talents, you know? Um, because right now it's like, were they ones who were in the, um, the cup series or not the cup series, the truck series last year? Um, guys like Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, um, Ben Rhodes, even, you know, I think that Ben Rhodes is a guy that either in the next couple of years is going to have to go start moving up. Or he's just going to be a truck lifer. Which is fine. I, I you know, I, I think that the trucks need more lifers there. I do think the Xfinity Series needs more lifers there. Um, but he, he's one guy that I'm like, whenever he goes to the next level, I think he's going to be like a step above the field. Um, especially if he goes to the Xfinity Series. I think he's going to be a step above the field because um, he's got so much more experience. I, I really do think Ben Rhodes is a really good driver. Uh and then you've got obviously um John Hunter Numichek. He went to Cup. And he went back down. Does he go back up to Cup soon? Uh does he go to Xfinity soon? What does he do now? Um but, you know, kinda like where's the where's that talent? Because I really do think if you gonna go look back in the like what were the the dark times of NASCAR, um a lot of it was there was just no new blood getting into the sport. So anytime that somebody left, there was just nobody there to replace them. So right now we're kinda of, I think we're kind of getting close to that, that, that like generational end. And it's like we need to start figuring out who are the next guys. Okay, so kind of finally here, I've got some teams that I have questions on. Uh and chief among them is uh twenty three eleven race. Uh, we're hearing things about them going to three cars to going to four cars. Okay, what, what's going on there? But also, it's like, that team really wasn't as good last year as I thought they were going to be. I know that's kind of like sacrilege to say. um, Especially since Bubba Moss won a race and Kurt Busch won a race. But it's like, I just thought that they would be better last year. But then I started to think, okay, let's go back to the beginning of the year. What well, 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 was one of the big storylines? Oh, Bubba, well, Bubba Wallace's wheels fall off every week at some random time. Where's the bubble Wallace caution for his wheels falling off? Oh, there it is. All right. And uh, we kind of had some questions about safety on that, of like, okay, is this really safe if wheels keep falling off? And, and we saw less of that towards the end of the year, uh, probably from guys getting cattle prodded. Uh, <laughs> when they, they had them fall off or something, because that, that, that was bad. I, I, I don't know how that happened or it was just one team every week having that problem. And, uh, I don't know how NASCAR didn't just like start going, okay, buddy, um, what's going on here? Why are, why are your wheels falling off every week? But, uh, um, I think that was interesting, you know, but like, can they, can they be better? Can 2311 Racing really be better next year um, and for the foreseeable future? You know, they're, they're going to have Tyler Reddick, which is good. They're going to have Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba Wallace is better than we give him credit for. I really do think, like, at the beginning of the year, that thing of, like, I'm just waiting for my wheels to fall off and really got to him. But I do think, like, he needs somebody to come in there and calm him down a little bit. Um. You know, I think that it would almost be better if he had worked with a, you know, a a Dale Jr. style owner than a um, Denny Hamlin or uh, Joe Gibbs. Uh, I do think that would have been better for him, but um, because I think that at some point, I think he's I think he's a playoff driver. I think Tyler Reich will probably wind up being the lead driver on that team. But I do think that Bubba Wallace is definitely a playoff driver. All right. And then after that, um, funnily enough, I've got it written down as number seven on my uh sheet. Spire Motorsports. What's going on? You know, we were told when Spire Motorsports really kinda like they start buying charters and everything. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna compete for wins and everything like that. And you know what? They really have it. They they really have not improved all that much. They're still Back in Charlie of the field with like Rick Ward Racing and stuff like that, where you know like where's the improvement? You know, and I, I think that okay, we're going into the second year of Next Gen. Okay, I'll give you the first year of Next Gen. It's you know, it's a new car. You get into grips with it. Okay, show some improvement this year. Show me that you can be a better team. You know, um and if that isn't the case, if that's not the case, and you can't be a better team. I'm sorry, I just don't believe you anymore. Um, you know, I do kind of think that, like, people overvalue Corey LaJoy because, you know, he's a he's a big personality. He's You know, he, he's starting to get more of the media side of the sport. Not to say anything bad about that, but uh, I do think that he's not quite as good as some of the other drivers, obviously. But, um, I think that Next year, can you make a jump? Can you show me something? Win a race, compete for top five. Do something for me, man. Uh, and if you can't do that, all right, cool. Spire is Rick Ware Racing number two. So, uh, and then, you know, kind of right after them, not to be, not to really throw this into the same conversation, but Colin, uh, what are they going to do this year? You know, they got AJ Allmendinger for the full year now. Um I think Justin Haley is a good gr- driver. What are those guys going to do this year? I want to see if Cole can make the playoffs. I want to see if Colin can win races. I want to see Cole like do really good. I really think that they could be the same as like Trackhouse in 2311, you know, this kind of like new era of NASCAR. Um and I really hope they do. I really hope they make that jump. You know, because I, I do think that like guys like Olmendinger and Haley are kind of invested in the team and that's a big thing about being like a young like being a smaller team and a younger team, getting good drivers invested in the team. You know? Um I thought that you know, I can understand like the bubble Wallace jump from Petty to um twenty three eleven. That's good for him, that makes sense for him. But I really do like that they got Eric Jones. And I really do like that Eric Jones seems invested in that team as much as, you know, that team is invested in him. Um, I don't think that Eric Jones is necessarily going to, going to go look for the next big offer. You know, go look to Hendrick or whatever. Because Hendrick's seats are kind of like tied up at the moment. But I don't think he like, oh, if the 88 opens up, I don't think he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go jump on that or whatever. He might look at it, but I don't think he's going to be like, pushing for it too much um because i really do think he's invested in you know what legacy motor club will be going forward by the way that's a bad name for race team sorry i'm sorry that's just a bad name like legacy motor group would have been cool but um and and the 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 way the cars look are kind of you know the way the yeah whatever um (laughs) So after that, we've got, um, RCR, you know, they got Kyle Busch now, but they lost our Tyler Reddick, you know, what's the difference in that? And then, um, you know, kind of the dynamic of between Kyle Busch and Richard Childress racing and the dynamic between him and Austin Dillon, like, what is that going to look like going forward? Um, kind of think that everybody's like you know i think austin Dylan probably gets preferential treatment at rcr but at the same time you know i have gone from being that austin dylan in the three was sacrilege to being like okay i can kind of understand it now um and it's also a thing of like austin you know austin dylan's not going anywhere you know even if a hendrick seat opens up he's at rcr so that's good. You know, it's good for the team to have that kind of stability where, again, the drivers invest in the team as the team is in the driver. So, how much, is, you know, like, what are we going to be looking for in the future from um, RCR? You know, they won races last year. So, can they do it again this year? Can they compete for the playoffs? Maybe can they make a push to be 1A in the Chevy lineup instead of clear number like two behind Hendrick can they be the 1A that would be very cool um, you know I want to see RCR back up front I want to see that three and that eight up front run. you know doing things I'm kind of tired of the Hendrick dominance in NASCAR so I want to see teams get up there uh, and then finally uh, Stuart Haas Racing what, what's going on there you know, um, who's running the show? Harvick's leaving at the end of the year. How good is Harvick? You know, how how invested is Harvick in this year? Uh, is he going to be super into this year of like, you know, damn it, before I, I leave, I want to win another title. Or is it going to be kind of like a retirement tour where it's just, you know, take it easy or whatever. But, you know, maybe that works for him, too, you know, uh, the same way. But um, I think that's a big thing. You know, is it kind of a Jimmy Johnson style retirement tour? Is it a Jeff Gordon style retirement tour? Who knows? But then the question is being, you know, who's replacing Kevin Harvick? Um, Ryan Priest. Why is he in the forty seven? You know, why is he in the forty-one? After uh, kind of like not really impressing me too much and earlier. Um, you know, the 14. Does Briscoe make another step? Who's gonna be in the 10 next year? All this stuff, like Stuart Haas racing is probably the biggest question mark in the field right now. Are they just not? good enough anymore did the switch to the next gen just kill off everything that Stewart haas had and if it did you know how long is tony stewart gonna really be invested in nascar he's kind of shown lately that he just really doesn't want it um you know he's getting more invested in, in hra he's got his own racing series you know how long is he really invested in nascar and then you know if he's not invest in nascar what happens to haas you know what happens to Stuart haas you know is it kind of like the leaderless ship now where they're just kind of adrift and especially next year with you know because i i think that you know if you kind of look at it right now the clear leader there is harvick you know here he's the man at Stuart haas racing who's stepping up to fill that role is it chase briscoe is chase briscoe really going to have the authority in that room that Kevin Harvick had I don't really think so. I think if you asked him honestly, he'd probably say the same thing. You know, what are we doing next year? You know, and it's one of the things of like, honestly, where like 2023, I think we'll answer this question because you'll see their performance. Do they take that big step up? Do they go back to being championship contenders? Or are they kind of just there as kind of that, B to c tier team you know and if that's the case you know the future doesn't look too bright for that team you know we've are and and kind of getting into a, a bigger thing that isn't nascar um, even though i kind of want to focus on nascar in this thing i think since about 2020 we've heard rumors of like the haas f1 team getting sold Uh, First, it was to Mazepin, and then obviously that fell through. Um, But now, you know, I think last year, let's kind of address the Formula One stuff, I think, because that's kind of news in, in racing as well. So Andretti Motorsports wants into Formula One, is willing to pay the entry fee to get into Formula One. However, Formula One doesn't want them there. Now I, I know what you're you're gonna say, well, what about the FIA? The FIA wants them there. And the FIA is kind of the one who kind of like overall approves things, but the Formula One is the one who holds the media rights. It's complicated. However, basically what it means is if Formula One doesn't want him there, probably not a great idea to be there. But um there, you know, so Andretti Motorsport. They're in IndyCar, they're in Formula E, they're, they're all over the place. But, you know, they, they were willing to put up the the $200 million to join F1. Uh, now they're talking about like a $600 million fee, Basically to keep them out. But I, I think, I'm going to take a different stance than pretty much everybody else around here. I kind of think the Formula 1 teams have a point. Does it do them any good to have Andretti in the sport... If they're just a backmarker team, you know, it, when they, it's just, oh, we're adding another Haas or we're adding another Williams or something like that. Um, I thought beginning of the, you know, cause we've heard these rumors since about last year. And I think last year I thought it had kind of died because I basically heard that the rumor was, you know, if you want into Formula One, you buy out Haas. And that Haas was looking to sell. And, you know, we kind of seen last year what Haas was. Not really that great outside of the miraculous pull by Kevin Magnussen in Brazil. Um, you know, I don't... I think that the Formula 1 teams have a point. It does nobody any good for Andretti to enter as a backmarker team. That doesn't have the resources or doesn't have the willingness to, to put in the resources, uh, to be a mid pack to a top of the midfield team. They're not going to be Ferrari. They're not going to be for. They're not going to be Red Bull. They're not going to be Mercedes. They're just not, you know. And then people talking about, well, they're bringing Cadillac into the sport. I'm like, if you look at that deal, and you look at how it's structured, they're not bringing Cadillac into the sport. They're bringing a sponsor into the sport. Yeah. But they're not bringing Cadillac as far as like... Oh, Cadillac is going to be making the engines. They're not. They're going to be Alpine engines. And... Anybody who thinks that... You know, this... uh, That GM is like fully invested in this... Is probably smoking the hopium. Um, The realistic thing, I believe, is that... Somebody in marketing at GM said... You know, this is a cheap way of marketing ourselves. You know, either you know, Andretti makes the field and we get our, our logos on this Formula One car or they don't make the field and we don't have to do anything anyway. Um, I don't think you're ever really going to be talking about GM making engines for Formula One. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the, the best chance you have now is I have heard rumors of Cosworth coming back with Ford that's probably the best hope you have for an American in air quotes uh, engine in F one. But um, I kind of think that's it for right now as far as news. Um, I can't wait for these seasons to start. You know, basically from now until May, uh, actually June because of the twenty four hours Le Mans. It you know racing is on. It is going to be crazy there's gonna be news coming out all the time i'm ready for it i'm happy for it i'm happy to start this journey um kind of like before i wrap it up what i want to do is kind of explain again how the scheduling is going to go um in general i'm going to try to do one podcast a week on sunday nights Uh let it release then kind of recap the week maybe look forward to the next week but uh i'm going to try to do that and then i'm going to try to stream on twitch uh under uh cross flags pod on twitch probably either saturday night or sunday night after the podcast goes up uh just kind of like whenever i get a chance probably try to stream once a weekend just doing some either like a set of corsa or nascar racing 2003 or just something that i can you know find for a few hours and uh, hopefully i'll get to talk to anybody who listens to this podcast and you can yell at me in the comments i don't it I, I, I don't mind uh this is something that's brand new i'm just trying it out uh but i'm looking forward to kind of getting more into this this is you know this is something i've wanted to do for a really long time i tried to start it a couple years ago it didn't really work but i am really looking forward to this season this season is like to me is going to be one of the best racing seasons that we've seen in a really long time. I'm talking probably early two thousands as far as racing, you know, like let's have some optimism as much as I'm a downer. Let's have some optimism, you know, endurance racing is going to be at its peak. You know, we're getting new formula e-cars. That's cool. You know, we've got formula one might actually have some conversation in it. You know, IndyCar. There's new cars entering the field. They've got 27 full car entries, you know. We've got new teams entering NASCAR. Let's talk about it. You know, like, let's let's have some optimism. You know, it, it's not the end times just yet. So, let's start moving forward into it. All right. So, I have been Jacob Merrill. This has been Cross Flags Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. All right. Have a good rest of your day.